Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Matt for the Dolly Stands. Oh yeah. What is it we do here on Finest Work here Songs? Here on Finest Work Songs, we love to just talk about classic albums. Could be a unanimously agreed upon classic album, sort of like our last epipod, like with what's going on with Marvin Gaye, or it might be something that's a little bit of a question mark, maybe Matchbox 20, <laughs> like we did a couple epipods ago. Finest Work Songs, we just really love to talk classic albums. Matt, I don't wonder quite as much where today's album, or at least the artist's Sure. Will fall. Today we are talking about the one and only Dolly Parton. Jolene, 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 Jolene. I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. We're going to see, is this a classic album? Right. Or just a classic song by a classic artist? Mm-hmm. But before we do, we've got some business to take we care of. We get a lot of good engagement from the listeners. Sometimes folks will send us emails to our email account, which is finestworksongs at gmail.com. So feel free to send this one as well. Uh, and we like to answer some of these in a little segment we call Kenny Gmail. This Kenny Gmail is in reference to our Elvis All right. robots. Email address is 85128 at gmail.com. Is it a robot? No, nah, I'm sure it's a legit person. <laughs> and this person just asked quite simply, which hole are you eating first? <laughs> See, I immediately think they're talking about like munchkins or like yeah, donut, donut holes. holes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going blueberry. I think I'm going blueberry. Okay, which ho- hole? hole first. Yeah, if I'm talking... <laughs> If we're talking donut Which holes. Which we are. I'll go blueberry with you're you, blueberry? Matt. Yeah. 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 Nice. Anyone else do donut holes? On our last Epipod, we talked about the BK Lounge. Yeah. The chicken tender competition. Oh, yeah, the war. You know, the war. I didn't know if there was a whole war. <laughs> it's probably happened, but don't you know there's probably some, like, hipster bakery in Brooklyn. That's, yeah. Our donut holes are crispy artisanal bacon, maple, sure. and charcuterie pieces i don't know yeah (laughs) i mean i get it but why do they call them holes just call them little balls yeah (laughs) this is great kenny's email (laughs) matt is there dunkin donuts around here there used to be that janky one on capitol folks if you're not living around here we are in north carolina we're in raleigh and both matt and i live not far from the only Krispy Kreme mm-hmm. in Raleigh, right? Right. And we're talking the legitimate old school, yeah. watch the watch donuts watch on the come conveyor down the belt. Conveyor. Yeah. Yeah. America runs on Duncan, not the South. No. South runs on racism. <laughs> but also, we love Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man. I've made everyone mad with that. <laughs> Because people who are anti-racist are just like, that's not funny, you know? And then the people who are like, racist <laughs> are like, that's not true, you know? No, I mean, we do love him, Krispy Kreme. Right. <laughs> the abolitionists are like, don't you talk down on Duncan? Don't talk down on Duncan. That's, <laughs> our, that's ours. The abolitionists. <laughs> Is there still an abolitionist society? There probably should be, yeah. right? But I mean, like, but there's not slavery anymore, so they're yeah, like fighting to end slavery. Matt, have you ever done the Krispy Kreme challenge? I have done the challenge. Why don't you explain that to listeners outside of Raleigh? So the Krispy Kreme challenge is a fundraiser. You run from NC State University about two miles to Krispy Kreme downtown. You then gorge yourself on a dozen donuts and then run back to the starting point. ESPN, do they come out? They have before. ESPN's covered it. You can do the competitive uh, version where you down all 12 donuts, 
you know, show the empty box to a mm-hmm. judge. But I've done the casual version where it doesn't really count as winning if you do that. The amazing thing with that is the methods that people use for right. getting the donuts, Ugh. like mashing like six of them together into like a thick like sandwich and just eating it as fast as they can, dipping them in water. The race takes place in the morning and it's it's over by mid-morning. Yeah, if you're walking the dog around there later that afternoon, like kind of sidestep here and there. Some vomit. Yeah, as you can imagine. The sanitation people are like, we can't figure out why there's a rat problem. (laughs) (laughs) Krispy Kreme challenge. Here they come. Here come the rats. Yep, the Pied Piper. (laughs) It's funny to me to think of ESPN being naive in their pre-production thinking, this is going to be great. We're just going to show up, you know, we'll film, interview, and every person they turn the camera or mic on is just throwing Throwing up. up. (laughs) That's the beauty of Kenny Gmail, though. You never know what what people are going to ask us. Again, if you have something that's on your mind you want to send our way, you can email us at finestworksongs at gmail.com. Now it's time for Share Time. Nailed it. Oh, boy. Love some share. It's not share. What? That does kind of fit in that dance hall era share, but yeah. that's not share. Man, I'm sorry. One of these days. Feeling good. I think you're going to get it next Matt, time. Matt, what is share time? Share time is our opportunity to kind of just give a little referral or a recommendation of something maybe we're reading or watching or came across, uh, just something we, we think might be of interest to the, the finest work fans. What do you have for us today, Matt? It's the book... Farmers versus Foodies by Ray Starling, which is a really fascinating look at food supply issues. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, Matt, but food costs seem to be going up. We've got inflation. Yeah. Yeah. I think a part of that is discerning eye of the consumer. People are much more concerned about where their food comes from, how it's grown. And then with that, you start to get pressures between farmers and food supply and agricultural input producers versus like soccer moms and the mom bloggers and the grocery purchaser and and who makes those buying decisions and people want to know where their food comes from. And so if you have any interest in the mechanizations behind how all that kind of works and and kind of some of the pressures that we'll probably actually start to see in the coming years, I highly recommend it. And Ray Starling is from Sampson County, North Carolina. He's a farmer and and attorney with the uh, North Carolina Chamber of Commerce. And so he's worked in agriculture. He's worked in the, uh, the Department of Agriculture on the federal level. So he's super well-versed on all the different things going on in this uh, industry. So sounds very deep, but he writes it in a very conversational and entertaining and funny way. So Farmers versus Foodies by Ray Starling. Man, that sounds interesting and definitely something that we're all experiencing. Yeah. Is there a change this book brought about in your day-to-day life? It just further drove home the fact that as much as we would want to, we can't just all eat and grow organic for everything. That's not a sustainable way to feed the entire world. We've got to have some sort of mass production here or there, which doesn't mean there aren't things that could be improved in it. A previous guest, Tim Hunter, and I were talking the other day mm-hmm. about just the differences that our kids experience with food. He made the point, he's like, I don't think I ate hummus until I was like 25 years old. His daughter, who's 10, she has her favorite hummus flavors. The exposure we have to different foods, and that goes both ways. I mean, part of this that this book gets into is you have part of the world in you know China and Asia that is not just wanting rice anymore. They want protein. And so how do we keep up with 
providing protein to a massively increasing population hmm. and also provide it to us. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. What do you have for us for share time? I'd like to recommend a new podcast produced and hosted by Bob Crawford, bassist of the Avid Brothers, but also avid historian yes. and podcaster. Mm -hmm. You may be familiar with The Road to Now. Yep. Big fan of that one. Yeah, it's a great podcast. I love the Ken Burns episode of that one. Mm -hmm. I would recommend that if you're looking for a place to jump in, as well as The Road to Now Theology with Bob and Chris Breslin. But today I want to recommend his new podcast, The Founding Son, the story of John Quincy Adams. The Q, as his friends called him. Yeah, just came out yesterday. Yep. They have a bunch of different actors doing voices. You recognize Nick Offerman. Yep. And he's Andrew Jackson. Oh, boy. Which is funny because yeah. Andrew Jackson's terrible. North Carolina represent. Isn't he one of the presidents where people like three states claim him? Yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee South Carolina, and yeah. North Carolina. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, near where you and I live is that log cabin. He was purportedly. That was Andrew Johnson, who also was impeached. Also not necessarily <laughs> like a great. Yeah. President. And also, they claimed him elsewhere, too, right? Yeah. North Carolina has produced three presidents. Except that they haven't. Right. Well, so, so Andrew Johnson was born in Raleigh, yeah. not far from where we are right now. Andrew Jackson was born sort of on the border of North and South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And then James K. Polk, who did go to UNC Chapel Hill. So, he, I mean, we have that going for us. Sure. But I think all three of them made their sort of political lives in Tennessee. I mean, and they grew up, really, yeah. outside. Yeah. Of, and, you know, and, so being born in North Carolina. Right. They each left and did their thing. But John Quincy Adams is a fascinating story. Yeah. So go check it out. I'm done a lot of reading on different presidents and stuff. And to me, one of the most fascinating sort of relationships in, in U.S. history, I'm not breaking news here on this, is, is John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and mm -hmm. just how they were so close, sort of drifted apart, and then later in life came back to being friends and comrades again. And to me, it's just fascinating that they both died on the same day, yeah. you know, July 4th. Jefferson dies a few hours before Adams, but Adams' last words later that day are, Thomas Jefferson lives. How thirsty are you, John? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> exactly. Jeez. It's just always wild. It is wild. Yeah, what would Thomas Jefferson's last words be? Something elitist, no doubt. It's yeah. probably Latin. One other thing, we, we can't call our students freshmen. They have to be first years. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call it a campus. Call it grounds. <laughs> Tell Tony Bennett to coach really boring basketball. Oh! <laughs> it's going to be a game invented. About 100 years from now. Yeah, what is he, Nostradamus? <laughs> in about 150 years, there's going to be a jam band that comes from these parts. <laughs> <laughs> this band needs to consist of a South African man on guitar, a violinist, a saxophone player. A prepubescent teenage <laughs> bassist. <laughs> You're going to want to tell them to play less, but let them play. <laughs> this is my greatest work. <laughs> I can't imagine having John Adams as your dad. Is John Quincy Adams is he the original Nepo baby? Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, listen to the podcast. They talk about the election. There was no one elected by the popular vote. Right. We do live in weird political times, mm -hmm. but like you can go throughout the history of this country and there have been some wackadoo political races. Yeah. There was a political party. That's sole platform was like, we don't like the Freemasons. People said, I can get behind that. What are you like, standing <laughs> on the economy? Oh, we don't care. We just don't like the Freemasons. All yeah. right, sign me up. I'm really excited about that podcast. Bob has done great stuff with his other podcasts. I'm, I'm sure it'll be really, really good. So thanks for sharing that.
This has been another episode of Share Time. that I play one of these tracks. I just want to let it keep yeah, going. Yeah, it's so good. It is good. I mean, Ace of Base. I'm sure we'll do an Ace of Base. Oh, at least one. Epipod. Yeah. yeah. What was our other song? All That She Wants. All That She Wants. It's right. another baby. Who's stopping her from having another baby? <laughs> That's all she wants. Give her that baby, y'all. <laughs> We're not here for Ace of Base. Or Cher. <laughs> or John Quincy Adams. We're here for one reason and one reason only. Guitar picking in this song, kind of at the area where we just stopped it, it gets more intense. Yeah. It doesn't get necessarily louder. Mm-hmm. It doesn't speed up. But the song, the dynamics of the song, under her singing and with her singing, yeah. it gets more intense. It gets darker. Yeah. When you're young and inexperienced, and we've talked about this, like you want more energy, you go faster. Yeah. You play louder and yep. faster because you don't know how to create an environment or a mood. Or emotion. Or emotion in a song. That just shows you what a master dolly is yeah but also like the production and the playing on it i've never done a deep dive about dolly pardon unless the song in particular mm-hmm. really finding out how much of a songwriter she is yeah just blew me away you can feel the tension you yeah. can feel the emotion and the strain and the concern and the weariness that she's singing in it it's such a vivid story she talks about her auburn hair and green eyes and you're like oh, i feel like i can picture jolene speaking of the visuals There's a little bit of weirdness to the background here. You may have heard this is based on a a true sentiment she had. Right. That there was a bank teller (laughs) that would flirt with her husband. And that kind of came an ongoing joke. Mm -hmm. But also like... Is it a joke? Yeah. (laughs) She took the visual description from a little girl who was a fan of hers. That's weird. Yeah. (laughs) I think the girl's name was Jolene. Oh, wow. I think she told the little girl. She's like, Mm -hmm. what's your name? Jolene. That's a pretty name. I'm going to write a song about you. Yeah. I wonder how that little girl felt. Yeah. Mommy, what's a temptress? You know, <laughs> where's the original Jolene now? 
Yeah, that girl wonder. whose name was Jolene, who was a fan. Gosh. The other thing, too, is like others have written about this. She's so descriptive about Jolene mm-hmm. and her beauty. Maybe Dolly likes Jolene. Someone said that in a podcast or something yeah. like that. I just think that's I dumb. mean, it's it BS, but I mean, it did jump out at me like, man, she's giving us the description. This is her second solo number one single on the country charts, but also became a pop hit. And in 2021, it was ranked Number 63 on Rolling Stones. 63. Greatest songs of all time. It was 217 20 years ago. Yeah. Matt, do you think her resurgence plays a part in that? Yes, but I also blame Pentatonix. Right. <laughs> we got to talk about that. <laughs> all right, let's play a little clip of as that As much nonsense. as we don't want to. That's all we need. That's all I can stand. <laughs> God, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but... Mm. When he calls your name, Oh my gosh, oh, dude. Yeah. I've talked about it before. I cannot stand <laughs> acapella. And this might be the worst version of acapella. This is Pentatonix featuring Dolly Parton. Yeah. No, it's not. It's Dolly Parton featuring you hacks. <laughs> the resurgence of Dolly Parton speaks of several things. The two things you think about with Dolly are is of her voice and then her like philanthropy. That's where she's really kind of risen above in the like the last few years. I mean, people are just drawn to it. So it makes sense that a resurgence and appreciation of her and who she is, you'd see Jolene move up the rankings. Plus, we've also talked about there's changes in the demographics of who votes for the Rolling Stone lists and things like that. Well, um, oh my gosh, Matt, that Pentatonix cover won a Grammy for the best country duo slash group performance. How are they allowed to be in that category? Just because a song you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago was a country song and you do it acapella doesn't mean it's still country. For no. one thing. There should be one Grammy and it should go right to Dolly Parton. They <laughs> right. shouldn't get to touch it. Yeah. Maybe the worst part is, is that it was nominated for a Grammy award for best female country vocal performance twice in 75, the original recording, and 76 for a live recording. And she didn't win either. But Pentatonix <laughs> oh swoops gosh. in. Let's move on to some other covers because yeah. I can't deal with Pentatonix. <laughs> All right, Matt, I want to see if you can recognize this person. Is that Billy Ray's girl? <laughs> That's her. <laughs> She's like, I want to do the song Jolene. They're like, you mean Jolene? Yeah, that's it, Jolene. <laughs> Jolene. <laughs> oh, Miley. I do like it, though, when Miley reaches back and she's got a version of Heart of Glass by Blondie. Really? It might be like the same show. Let's check that out. Okay. Yeah. Miley can do the covers, man. She can do them. Dolly's goddaughter. You know, there's like permission from Mm -hmm. Dolly, and that feels like a good person to cover it. Matt, here's another cover. I can't make that one out. White Stripes. 
Ah. Which you'd think that they would come in and like rock, rock it. it up, yeah. but kind of a cool take. It makes sense yeah. when, you, when you say it like that. This song is intense, like we talked about, and there's that edginess to it on Dolly's version. It's kind of the only song on this album that's like that. For the most part, it's a lot of what you would expect from 70s country. 70s country. But I'm so glad that she starts it with this one because it's such a good song. I've heard that the album was a response to the hit to where they threw together the album mm-hmm. to put around the song. Right. Because the song was such a hit. I didn't get that feel. No. And as we'll talk about, it's not the only hit on the album. But to your point, there is not the strength on most no. of the other songs no. that there is on this one. All right, one more. Chicas and Becky G. Oh, okay. Yeah. I will say this. The Latin approach to it allows the passion to come out. She sings it in a way that would feel a little over the top if someone in English was singing it, but it makes sense. You can get away with it. It's international, man. It's like Pitbull. Dolly's the OG Pitbull. (laughs) I'm sorry, Dolly. Did not call you a Pitbull. Man, this is a cover that came out in 1985 by a new wave duo called Strawberry Switchblade. For sprockets. It's kind of that sounds character. like her. Okay. The different iterations aside, clearly the song and the subject matter and songwriting skills that she put in the song yeah. has made it a lasting thing over generations. Kudos to you, Dolly. That's what we've talked about. We can have fun with covers, and we do. Which, by the way, Darius Rucker did not cover it. I checked. And we always wanted to see what, yeah. if he did. But a good song is going to translate. Thanks, Strawberry Switchblade. <laughs> and I want to know more about them. That charted in the uk scottish pop duo from glasgow okay let's hear another track matt let's do it this is the second song when someone wants to leave when you love somebody with all your heart and soul and you want to keep them with you but you know they want to go what do you do? What do you say? When you know they want to leave as bad as you want them to stay. And there's nothing quite as sad as a one-sided love. When one doesn't care at all and the other cares too much. It's a sad situation, I must say. When someone wants to leave as bad as you want them. Matt, she's still married. 
Same husband. Same guy. They claim he's only seen her perform like once in concert. Right. That's the joke, right? Yeah. Like he's so behind the scenes. <laughs> you almost wonder, is that a secret to people? Certain celebrity marriages. I think he was like an not electrician. Like, yeah, a plumber or an electrician something. or something. Yeah, something. Like he needed to be. Yeah, so she's got like the progressive ideals kind mm-hmm. of thing. But then she's also in a lot of ways self-made, but true to her roots. I mean, she's still, she's invested so much into where she grew up. She hasn't gone off and moved to L.A. and right. put her roots there. She's still like a East Tennessee country girl, mountain yeah, girl. Bought her childhood cabin or home or whatever bought the land Mm -hmm. which is just kind of cool yeah and look at a career here's some stats here she sold more than 100 million records not bad worldwide (laughs) not bad (laughs) 25 singles reached number one on the billboard country music charts tied actually with reba oh i wonder if both of them are still they're just like putting songs out just trying to get one more number one one. (laughs) yeah just one more she's like i need your help pentatonix it was like a clandestine meeting. She's like, I need a number one. There's one group you can call. The Avengers? <laughs> kind of. What if her and Reba did a duet? <gasps> That'd be the way to do it. That's yeah. the equivalent of the two high jumpers in the Olympics. Yeah. Who both went out on the same height so they could share the goals. Yes. That would be beautiful. That would be beautiful. 44 top 10 country albums. 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 She's written over 3,000 songs. She's received 11 Grammy Awards. She's been nominated 50 times (laughs) and came from a one-room cabin, fourth of 12 children. Her dad was a sharecropper and built it up, got his own small tobacco farm. Yeah, she just started performing as a kid. But her big break came with this guy, Porter Wagner. Porter Wagner. Starting in 1967, she came on and apparently... People were ticked because Dolly Parton replaced Norma Jean. Uh, it's kind of like your Pete Best yes. and Ringo Starr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say? Pete Best forever, Ringo never. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny now to think about people being upset yeah. about Dolly coming on. Right. That whole like be on the right side of history. You were wrong. You were wrong on this one. <laughs> so check this out, Matt. They had a six-year streak of almost completely uninterrupted top ten singles. Every time Porter and Dolly put a song out for six years. Six years? Yeah. I mean, that's like Beatles, Michael Jackson numbers, you know, in terms of consistency. Oh, my gosh. Let's hear a little bit of of those two. Porter, Wagner, and Dolly Parton. Daddy did his best. Never seen a man work half as hard and come home half as tired Then give the Lord a tenth of all he made Daddy said I'm making payments on a mansion And so many times he's told me this old world was not his home And he told me he'd been promised he'd receive a fair reward the thing I love about Dolly is like, there's no like, she started out singing this way and then changed it to fit into some sort of right style or convention. I mean, that, you hear that now, you, you hear her sing 60 years ago, it's quintessential Dolly. Yeah, Jolene was her breakout, <laughs> topped the country chart in February 1974. And then she made the decision to leave. And they had their last duet in April 74. Although he was still involved, he helped continue to produce the records. I think he had financial ties Mm -hmm. 
tour as well. Okay. Matt, which brings us to... The next song. Maybe you've heard it before. I doubt it. Yeah, probably not. It's a deep cut. <laughs> We usually play a clip. Yeah. But that deserved the whole song. <laughs> right. Both to get the feel of it, yeah. but also to hear the talking. Yep. And then to hear the lift yeah. with all the voices coming in. Mm -hmm. Before we get into the song, that is just perfect production. Yeah. It supports the song. Mm -hmm. It doesn't overdo it. It would be so easy to overpower. It could have been so easy again, 70s country, to over accentuate the backing vocals yeah like you said it's like kind of pull back they let her do her thing mm -hmm. and then all the parts behind it serve as such a great balance and you know when they heard it like wow what yeah. a song right it would have been so easy to push her towards over singing yeah you know just to make it a huge ballad mm -hmm. and it's so incredibly sweet yeah it feels like yeah no she wrote this for 
Porter. Yeah. Before yeah. we get to all the covers and everything, yeah. like, the original just is incredible. Had you heard her version, this original, before? I have, yeah. Before Whitney Houston's version came out? Oh, no. I, know, like, I never even knew the song existed before Whitney Houston and the Bodyguard and all that. And part of that's our age. Yeah. Because this was that's a hit. True. Yeah, that's true. You would have thought that we would have heard it. At least somewhere. I mean, it was a number one, you know, when it initially came out. And then also when it was re-recorded for the soundtrack to the movie she was in, Matt. The best little whorehouse in Texas. Okay. <laughs> Listeners know I do, I don't do it much anymore. Yeah. But when I would give my memory of an album, I would do a movie. And so, right. oh, this will be funny. I'll do this movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to touch that. It is a weird, weird is plot. Burt Reynolds in that? Burt and Dolly, man. Yeah. Early 80s movies. What the heck? Ooh. Apparently it was a musical and they thought, let's make this into a movie. Yeah. So she wrote this for Porter as a respectful way to, to, to separate yep. a yep. goodbye. Mm -hmm. Totally unintentionally poured salt on the wound. Yeah. <laughs> because exactly. the song that she wrote to say goodbye to him went to number one. Yeah. So it's like, oh, also, also I'm leaving you to go climb the charts. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he was just like, yeah, it just makes sense. An artist has to move on. Yeah. Or if he was salty about yeah. it. Also, Matt, you may have heard that she wrote this on the same night as Jolene. Jeez. What? <laughs> Those songs in one night? Kind of coke was she on? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. She's Dolly Parton. Yeah, she's pure. She didn't need it. That's like Prince when he went home from filming Purple Rain. Right. And he said, we need a song for the scene. And he went and came back with two songs. And one of them was When Doves Cry. Oh, my gosh. Like, how do you do that? Lightning Strikes. This album is fine. I mean, right. it's a fine album. Clearly, the two masterpieces on this album are Jolene and I'll yeah. Always Love You. Mm -hmm. You almost wonder if they're the two songs that she cared the most about. Because mm -hmm. it seems like they're so much better constructed and produced and good point developed than the other songs on this album i will always love you is a beautiful song there's a sadness there's a weariness to it they're really the two songs on this album that have that emotion to it so elvis wanted to cover this man. yeah apparently old ding dong tom parker i'm not going to call him a colonel he ain't a colonel <laughs> said that elvis would have to have half of the publishing rights who does that? She was big enough, mm -hmm. but this is Elvis, man. Yeah. You would think that she would see this as like a, this takes yeah. me to the next level, not knowing that you're going to be Dolly Parton. Yeah, right. <laughs> In an interview, she said that, you know, she cried all night and people were saying, you're nuts. And she said, I can't do that. Something in my heart says I can't do that. But this is great because she says, then when Whitney's version came out, I made enough money to buy Graceland. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I would have loved to have heard Elvis do... This song. Is there any live version of it? It's right in his pocket for live Elvis. Especially at that time. Oh, yeah. Oh, did he do it? Oh, there he is. Oh, and they... They mixed her in. Well, I would Uh, Maybe we should leave it to the imagination because yeah. <laughs> he sounds a little uh, rough here. Yeah, it does. Let's see. Always, always love you. I always Is, love you. Is this okay. a joke? No, it's him. <laughs> Some Elvis fan was like, I got to know what it would have been like. Someone hire an impersonator. 
Matt, I don't know which one's covered more, Jolene or this one. Yeah. Here's some of the covers. Tell me if you recognize who this is. Okay. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So Dolly's on this one. Okay. Gotcha. I hope you have all you ever dreamed of. Oh, I do wish you joy. It sounds like she's like, she's got a pillow and she's putting it over someone's face while she's saying that. All right, do you know who this is? Michael Bolton. Oh, it is Bolton. Yeah. Oh, He's Bolton all over that track, too, man. He's <laughs> like, just sing the song, dude. First, I thought it was Michael McDonald, but he wasn't quite Michael McDonald enough. Right. That's the Bolton. Let's see. It's the thunder <laughs> and the lightning. Let's see if he sings it normal earlier in the song. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Does she have some sort of clause where, like, roughly 50% of covers she has to actually perform on them with the, the person doing the cover? Yeah. All right, there's a lot of variety, man. Okay. This is a track by Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Bad. It's fun. It's fun. If the original never existed, yeah, that'd be a hit. It's a Just fun a great song, little right? yeah. fun melody. Yeah, That's... I love what they did with that. <laughs> Here's another. Three tenors. El Divo. El Divo. Why do they sing that part in English? Yeah, right? <laughs> Clearly they're Italian. Speaking of over-the-top production, that's what they could have done with Dolly. Yes, that's what we're saying. And they didn't. But those guys, man, that's the only way they're doing that song. Matt, have you ever wondered what this song would sound like in a horror film? Every waking minute of my I life. I thought so. Yeah. That's why we're here. Isn't it creepy? That is creepy. Here's the chorus. And then there's obviously the one. <laughs> yeah, this, this is what I was thinking about. Whitney. <laughs> I mean, 
Dolly's the queen. Though. No, I, think, I think this is the scene where Kevin Costner and Whitney, they're like making out. <laughs> he's got... He's got like the Rasta hat on and everything. Just reimagine like the bodyguard film, not in the whole ice and snow where he's running, but like on an island. He's just like bopping along. It's like cocktail, but like bodyguard style. Oh my gosh. So that that's the one. That's the one we all know yeah. and love. But there's there's one more. Too. She, she just kept climbing the scale until she floated up into the sky. <laughs> this was uh, Kevin Costner's idea. Really? Kevin Costner is to thank for Whitney Houston singing I Will Always Love You. There you go. How about that? But he's to blame for Waterworld, so it balances <laughs> out. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He was riding high. That's why he got Waterworld. Yeah. They were just like, ah, we don't know. And he's just like, I'm sorry. And he hit that. <laughs> that drop. And, uh, and he's like, that's me, brother. They're like, that's Whitney Houston. Yeah. It wouldn't happen without yeah. me. Here's my script. <laughs> it's a world just of water. And we have to drink our own urine. You're going to like just it. Just watch the money pour in. <laughs> yep. 20 million copies Whew. of that song. Jeez. Not the Bodyguard soundtrack. One of the best-selling singles of all time. God. So, listeners, now it's time for your senior quote. Under your senior yearbook, you get to choose a quote. Naturally, it's going to be something off of Dolly Parton's 1974 album, Jolene. Oh, clearly. What would your senior quote be from this album? In the end, the quote I would use is from the song Highlight of My Life. You're the one that makes it all worthwhile. You're the one that taught me how to smile. Just leave people guessing, like, oh, who's he talking who? about? Is he talking about the lunch lady? I said, yeah, what's, what teacher? <laughs> <laughs> we never knew he had someone like that. What's your, uh, what's your senior quote? My senior quote would be from the song Cracker Jack. When we got in trouble, we would help each other out. <laughs> it's high school, yeah. man. You got to look out for your boys yeah, that's and right. that sort of thing. Yeah. Also, the song Cracker Jack, y'all need to listen to. It's Dolly Parton singing about finding a stray dog and it becoming her playmate and companion. The best friend I ever had was Cracker Jack. And halfway through, I'm thinking like, oh, no, you're going to destroy us, Dolly. You're about to old yell us. Yep. And she doesn't. 
She doesn't get into details. Nice. She just keeps it as, I remember Cracker Jack. He's the best friend I ever had. Okay. Scene. And I was so thankful because yeah. I thought, oh, the power that you have, Dolly Parton. <laughs> and you wield it so well. <laughs> Thanks again to everyone for listening to Finest Work Songs. We always appreciate the engagement on social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, at Finest Work Songs, or you can find us on Facebook. Check out our website, finestworksongs.com. Be sure to give us a review, give us a rating, uh, and tell your friends. But also, uh, be sure to get those emails to us, finestworksongs at gmail.com, and maybe we'll read one of yours on a future Kenny Gmail segment. All right, we'll see you next time. And uh, we're going to take you out on another Dolly classic. You can't talk about Dolly Parton without playing this song, Matt. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen. Pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. song is by the incredible band medium heat this track is called radio and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com and check out any upcoming shows if you are in the raleigh area they are on facebook at medium heat music